0: Three, four. Me and my friends do sinister things, and that's because we're cynical beings, and we're living in a house, and we're chilling upstairs, and we're doing a
1: podcast. Impaired. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Impaired Upstairs. Hey. All right, on this episode, we have a special guest, Silas. Hey. Hello. Well, wow, you're, uh, you're
2: blowing this out of proportion, Brady. No, get out of here. Okay, How's it fine, going, fine. Silas?
1: I'm pretty good. Awesome. 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 Uh, good to have you here,
0: Tell us, Silas, what's your favorite color? green awesome what? dude on. yeah
1: Greenies? that's mine too
3: yeah yep. because the human eye can pick up the most shades of green oh no uh, well way. maybe yours i
1: didn't know <laughs> that, oh uh, obviously already
3: did well, not listen to the last episode <laughs> yeah, last,
1: last episode we talked about the fact that cody is color deficient so he has a hard time picking up shades of green
3: <laughs> oh okay that was a bad thing to say then <laughs> Yeah,
2: that's no. his. i'm sure he's deeply offended yeah oh, so how, how
3: yeah. are you doing on red though
0: uh,
2: Red is not, my favorite color. You know, not great, not great. Yeah, what? The,
0: Sorry.
3: the
1: greens and reds blend together for him. It's yeah. a rough time.
3: Red green deficiency.
1: <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah. Um. So I have I've got a little bit of a story I want to share from from work today. Let's yeah. hear it. So I was <laughs> I was chillin' out work doing science as I do. And uh, you know I was just working right, doing weighing some stuff, um, leaching some stuff, doing doing all sorts of stuff. And then all of a sudden I was like, hmm teriyaki like i smell teriyaki like where is this coming from and so my coworkers over there working with me right and i'm like dude i i smell teriyaki Th- it's it's like pretty good too and he's like uh sorry i just burped oh <laughs> no oh, oh no delicious I, It was all I could do just to, like, not hold it <gasps> together. Yeah, it was bad. Luckily, I found it kind of funny, and I was laughing the whole time.
2: That was not the story <laughs> I expected to hear. <laughs> I know, right?
1: Uh, that's, yeah.
3: that's terrible. I know, it was
2: uh. nightmarish. <laughs>
1: but, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. Y'all have any any fun stories
2: from your past week? You no, know? um, Not about teriyaki. Um Hold on, let me silence my phone real quick. Okay. Oh, thanks, Ryan. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, So, stories from this week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Nothing as gross as that. <laughs> That's probably
1: good, because I expect that to be the grossest thing that we've all... Well... Nope. No. Got no. to be by a
0: long shot. Yeah. But I'm not going to go into details. Yeah. EMS is a dirty
1: world. Yeah. Dirty, dirty M- world. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe we can start a Patreon, and then on that Patreon, you can tell stories from EMS that are maybe. just harrowing. Yeah. Yeah, there's ways I could do that.
2: Yeah. Okay.
1: Um.
2: Anyway, Ryan. Well, um, if you guys have a story, I'll get to mine last, because it's n- it's nothing like that, like funny or like entertaining. But Cody, I mean, other than your experience last night, um, what else do you have to share about this week? Anything exciting? This
0: week was, uh, no, not exciting. The exact opposite. It was uh unexciting, unexciting week. It was my fourth up rotation, um. Which is supposed to be like chill week. It wasn't chill. And no I'm, I'm going to pretty much leave it at that. I do love my job, but uh, uh, yeah. not certain aspects.
3: I'm yeah. sure it gets taxing at times.
1: It can. Yeah. E- emotionally taxing. Yeah, totally.
3: Um, Silas, anything fun happened to you this week? Uh, Not really. Just a lot of homework and a lot of driving to get up here. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So you're you're in high school right now just doing the Zoom school thing?
3: Uh I actually don't Zoomer have any school. Zoom classes even though I am a Zoom <laughs> even though you are a Zoomer. Zoomer. Yeah. Um I'm just fully online and at, at a community college and it's working out really well.
1: Oh, okay, right on. So yeah, you're doing running start? Yep. Gotcha. And are you pretty much full running start then? You don't have any high school classes? Yeah,
3: I have no high school classes.
1: Ah, gotcha. That explains why you don't have any, like, Zoom classes.
3: Yeah, Yeah, because nobody actually, I don't think anybody really learns on the Zoom classes, so it's just kind of a waste of time.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting to have the perspective of a high schooler right now during uh, during the... Apocalypse. the worst time to be a high schooler <laughs> in history <laughs> pretty much There's oh probably I, worst times but
3: i don't know i think the high school spirit still lives on in many ways <laughs> and people are making the best of the time
1: gotcha right on and so would you be a junior this year or a senior junior yeah. Junior. gotcha right on well so at least hopefully maybe by next june you'll be able to graduate like in a stadium instead of just like in a closet i don't know yeah <laughs> in a oh, he's certainly in world. there
2: yeah yeah <laughs> That was not nice, Silas. Aww,
1: aw.
3: Aw. Poor guy. Aw. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Are you projecting right now? Maybe. Probably. <laughs> Don't
2: ask.
1: Um, so you you know Ryan
2: through
3: Chainsaw. How did that come to be? Uh, well, Mark Zuckerberg's wonderful algorithm just put us together as wow. one. We got zucked big
2: time. Dang.
1: So were you <laughs> awesome. in like, you were in like a chainsaw Facebook group for chainsaw lovers? Like, oh, come is
3: on. That... Facebook, I'm a zoomer. Oh, Instagram. Oh, good point. Instagram. Oh, Instagram.
1: Instagram Duh. I forget that Zuckerberg is all seeing and his hand is everywhere. But he also, and... I
2: think that they own Instagram now, if I'm not mistaken. Y- yes, oh, oh yeah. they yeah. they always have. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah. So, so, (laughs) so you like both liked the same picture and then how did like, explain, explain, please.
2: He, uh, Silas contacted me on my, my business page and he was like, Hey, looking to have some work done. And I'm like, you're not going to bring me junk, are you? And then, uh, we just, just went from there. And then I, I kind of like looked at his page and I was like, Hey, like, what do you do? And, uh, we just started kind of like talking to each other. And then we realized we're pretty local to each other and that we had a very similar interests and, um, I was "Yes, like, like I could I could probably get along with this guy, <laughs> and then it ended up working out. he brought me some brought me some work, and um, then we just kind of like hit it off and uh we're we're getting along nicely i don't I don't get along with many people my age, but yeah, um, and on that
0: note, Silas, what is it
3: that you do chainsaws and chainsaw accessories
1: right. gotcha, and nice. so you what does that mean
0: exactly.
3: kind of <laughs> um I I I. It's hard to explain. It's just if it involves a chainsaw, I'm doing it. It's okay. Tree cutting, um, rebuilds, sourcing parts. Um, I, it's it's such a wonderfully niche community, and that's what I enjoy about it. Is it's very, it is very little influence from corporations and just things like that. So it's it's just people coming together from a lot of different backgrounds. Like Ryan, for example. I mean, most of the people I know are kind of just very redneck log cutters, but there's a lot of intelligent people, and it's a very diverse group of people overall.
1: Right on,
0: cool,
2: very cool. So um, I gotta,
0: I gotta ask you, you, uh, you're from Tacoma, right? Yes. How's the the logging community in Tacoma?
3: Now you see that is why I I drive to places <laughs> like Port Angeles <laughs> Got it. because basically it is it is non-existent and um it, it's kind of interesting because it's given me a lot of perspectives on just like I guess how different people lead their lives based upon the region in which they live like Tacoma is an awesome place to be a teenager that it's a very, there's a lot of different people there but as far as log cutting goes. There's nothing to do, so I have to go to more rural places to, you know, see akin people.
2: I see. Yeah. Totally. And so w- w- the actual line of work that you partake in where you are operating saws, like you're going out in the woods or out to properties and you're you're doing actual tree work or you're cutting timber, uh, what do you do mostly? Is it for private companies,
3: um, for the state? Like, Well, you know, kind of with how everything's structured, it's not very... Possible to do a lot of things under age because I am seventeen, so I kind of get in with a lot of private companies who are willing to kind of turn a blind eye in a way. And a lot of
1: (laughs) (laughs) don't name names, (laughs) Uh, and
3: and I'm being very careful on naming names. But there have been a lot of very cool people who have uh, given me opportunities.
1: Gotcha, very nice. And
0: also uh, on that note, as a disclaimer, is not getting impaired upstairs with us tonight he is upstairs but not getting impaired so I, if anyone's i'm listening, impaired
3: you know, off of water and crackers that's right and pepsi
1: you have hopefully you don't have too much of a caffeine <laughs> I mean,
0: yeah right
3: my 17 year old body cannot handle caffeine <laughs>
0: I, I just want to make sure anyone listening isn't, isn't uh you know assuming that we're feeding this kid alcohol yeah he's, no, he's got yeah. he's got red bull blood
3: yeah, yeah right. that is true
2: very true it's part of it so what kind of
1: work did you have for Ryan because it sounds like you're yeah I mean you've got a little lot of chainsaw experience you're kind of an expert I mean maybe expert isn't the right word but in talking to you earlier you know more about chainsaws than the average joe so to speak slightly Yeah more than slightly you were naming off like every chainsaw in existence plus some more that probably don't exist anymore <laughs> So uh, oh
3: so are you calling me mentally ill and making up chainsaws that don't exist no 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 Yes. No, no, no.
1: what no. I was saying is they're probably not being manufactured anymore and so they, they exist uh, they exist but they're just out of manufacture
3: yeah I mean I'm always needing saws modified Ryan here is a talented modifier of chainsaws um, yeah buddy I, I don't know, I kind of, uh, just like more on more of a niche side, there's a lack of talent with saw building overall. It's very controlled by about three different people, and Ryan is a very talented person in it who's kind of starting to get going, and there's a lot of fake, phony people out there who uh, say that they do full performance work where they just really don't and don't and aren't meticulous in what they do. Ah, uh, I see. You'd be mm, amazed yeah. at the market for this kind of stuff. It's it's huh. it's amazing, and especially with, with COVID and everything, it's kind of just, like, one of the go-to hobbies. Like, I know the fly fishing has gotten a lot bigger recently. Interesting, huh. mm-hmm. but, um But chainsaws also, because it's something you can do at home. You know, you can get your hands dirty. But before quarantine and all that, it was maybe, like, me and, like, may, I would estimate, like, 2,000 other people at most – who were posting on Instagram, like because there's an online and there's an offline saw world, and now it's easily twenty thousand strong and growing oh, wow. every day.
1: Huh. Gotcha. So you, you and Ryan are kind of hitting this train early a little bit, like yeah, we're, like,
3: we're the next gen. Yeah, that's awesome. Saw zoomers. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Pretty much. Right on. You know, that's really cool that you guys are finding a community that you're able to reach out to. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's a cool thing, and it's um it it's especially nice because um it it is it's not going to go away anytime soon. Mm. Things are going to change a lot, but it's not like the the market of like timber cutting or the market of uh being an arborist. It's it's going to continue as long as there are like trees around. And we uh it, it's cool the area that we live in and how, you know, it's a nice area to be if you're into this kind of thing. Um I mean, I I just like engines and um like, that's... And, like, chainsaws are just, like, a great way to be able to do that and have it be, like, marketable and profitable and, like, all the good stuff while still being, like, an enjoyable thing to do. And I get to, like, meet all these cool people. Biggest thing about it is, like, customer relations, 100%. Um, That's, yeah. like, the best part about it. Yeah. Right so on.
0: What's what's your favorite type of tree to cut?
3: Um, That's kind of a loaded question, but... Um, oh. <laughs> um probably Douglas fir it's very straightforward like you think about everything in the world has just like a a default mode mm-hmm. and a Douglas fir tree is just like a default mode for tree cutting gotcha. like that like every other observation based off of the technical side of tree cutting is based off of how a Douglas tree cut will cut or a Douglas uh-huh. tree or a Douglas fir will cut
1: Oh, gotcha. Interesting. And what makes the Douglas fir like the gold standard for <laughs> tree cutting?
3: Um, it's very predictable. You can mm. you to cut it down. You actually don't need to have a lot of wood left, and it'll still be considered safe. It's a strong wood.
0: Soudatsugamenzeei. It's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> it's the <laughs> scientific name for Douglas fir.
3: Oh, I actually didn't know that. Sudatsuga I'm amazed ZZI.
0: you didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Um. I really like cutting cedars.
3: Cedars are good ones, any, but any
0: kind of cedar I love the smell
3: th- that cedars are definitely the best mm. on smell, but mm-hmm. they can be pretty unpredictable that's true
1: and that's what true. what like how when you say unpredictable uh you know to the outside observer, it looks like you know you just got a tree and then you cut it and then it falls down but like what is what do you what do you mean by unpredictable
3: you know the thing the thing that's always fascinated me about tree cutting is there's so much. I guess, just gravity effect, like, associated with it. Like, let's say I'm drawing a picture and I mess up. The worst-case scenario is, is I crumple up that picture, throw it away, and I start over. If I mess up a tree too badly, I might not walk away. Yeah, sure. So, basically, cedars, they're, since they, they flourish in very lowlands within valleys, and they can actually be very hollow on the inside, and so you stick your saw into it, you start cutting... And you don't really know until it's too late.
1: Oh, I see. Gotcha. So, so then, if if it's hollow on the inside, then it just kind of like busts apart, and then it, you have to run d- sideways to the yes. tree not
3: to. Yes, I ideally ideally I've had them before where they can like kind of start to go forward as you're cutting in your face cut, right? And that and that's bad news. Or they can bust apart. And trees like alder, which is. They, they're hard leaners and they grow underneath tension so if you put a saw into it and you don't quite have your timing right it'll bust apart
2: oh gotcha the oh. olders like they like to split down the middle yep and uh, it's called a, it's called a barber chair effect
1: oh yeah so you're men- mentioning that earlier Silas you said something about the barber chair yeah not it's uh grim yeah
3: uh, so basically the barber chair effect is you know how a tree grows there's heartwood and then there's sapwood so
1: explain that in detail because maybe maybe i know but maybe not all our listeners so (laughs) the sapwood
3: is is where all the pretty much all the moisture is held and it's um it's it's quite stringy and softer the heartwood is a lot drier and harder and there's a boundary between the heartwood and the sapwood and if i if i don't have my timing quite right on the back cutting of an alder it'll split up right in that boundary since that's the weakest part of the tree
1: gotcha i see yeah, so I think if I'm remembering right from my uh, plant biology classes, um, the inside of the tree is essentially dead, right? Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, and so the heartwood would be kind of like that dead. Part and then the sapwood would be the part that's still alive, quote unquote, and bringing nutrients up to the leaves yes, of the tree. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. Zy- xylem and phloem. A xylem and phloem. That's yeah, it. and I can't remember which is which. One of them brings just water, and the other one brings nutrients up to the leaves. I think it's one brings brings things down and one thing brings things
0: up. Is how
3: I had heard it. I can't remember.
1: Maybe. Maybe,
3: um, and it uses like
0: it uses like atmospheric pressure in order to do it.
1: Yeah, so you end up having like a gradient, a pressure gradient where the the evaporation cause it, it's basically trees are like a giant straw, and right. it's really kind. Of, it's incredible, uh, but we we don't need to get into the minutiae of that the minutia. Um, yeah, Make but it's shot. it's pretty fascinating. L- look up xylem and phloem if you're interested. Um, and it all it all just uses the water pressure. So actually, that's why like when you when you buy flowers, if you buy flowers, um, they cut them and then ship them, right? Um, and there you end up with a little air bubble in the bottom part because the flower is trying to suck up water, right. um, and so. That's why you want to cut it underwater. Right, right, right. Yeah, and so when you when you buy flowers, you're supposed to cut a couple inches off of the bottom before you put them in a new vase. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, it just keeps that. Hmm. It lets them grow for longer because, or not grow, but stay alive for longer because you're not breaking that chain of water. If you, if you break that chain. Then it's like trying to siphon something with air in the way. It just doesn't. Right. It just doesn't work. It's not like very a well. properly
2: bled type. Yeah. yeah. I, for, you say that I think of like bleeding brakes on a car for whatever reason. But if you get any air, it stops pulling the fluid like it should. Yes. Exactly. Like any air at all.
1: Exactly. And that's basically that's what happens with the flowers and with all the plants. So when you cut them, it pulls up a little air, and then you the flow gets totally messed up.
2: Very nice. Yeah. I believe that Silas is also an educated individual. Um, oh. somewhat. Well, comparing him to myself, that's not too hard to say. <laughs> um, you are uh looking to be, uh, y- you are looking to major in English.
3: Um, probably more like forestry. Honestly, I'm seeing oh. that I'm, to be would on- have never guessed that. To, b- <laughs> 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 I think that the market is really going to go that way with climate change, and since I mean, if we're going to be real, forests are the only way to warehouse carbon in the world.
1: Uh-huh. Oh, we do have an educated individual in the room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, like the majority of the carbon of the world is trapped in the wood of trees, right? So Yes, yeah. which is
3: which is absolutely fascinating because something that's kind of interesting is old growth forests, one of the ones that have never been logged. They have the big, massive trees. Mm-hmm. Those actually don't really take in that much carbon. They actually are losing carbon. I right. think
1: we have gone into this before. Yeah, we talked about that maybe in the episode with Griffin. Maybe, yeah. A little bit, yeah. yeah. So that's something that Cody Cody took a class. Forest ecology. Forest ecology. um, And so that's something that he's talked about, where there's a certain point um, where the trees don't take in that much carbon. So it's actually good for the um, global environment to cut down some of those trees. Exactly. Yeah, so that way they can pull in more carbon. And then, obviously, obviously, you don't just burn those trees and right, send the carbon right. back into the atmosphere. You have to do something with them that doesn't, you know, like... Uh, use them for building materials where it's not being broken down.
3: Yeah, yeah. What a, what a lot of people don't realize is that honestly, the answer to the California wildfires and all that, as far as a forestry approach comes, is a natural forest is a very diverse and checkerboarded thing. Mm-hmm. There's not one part that's the same as the other, and therefore the strategy to manage it should not be the same. Not everything should be logged. Not everything should be saved. You know, it's just it's just going to be diverse all
1: right. the way through right yeah i we definitely got into this with griffin um because you were cody you were asking about um like what his opinion on forestry and like clear cuts he, and clear select cuts. Cuts. yeah yeah um and so yeah to all our listeners out there if you haven't heard that episode yet that was episode three three um yeah go back and check it out um but yeah it's it's interesting how uh you were saying like ecological diversity is impacted by uh, the age of the forest. And it all kind of depends on what you're going, what, what you're going for. um, Like basically what we are valuing. Um, And Griffin made a good point that kind of in a way, the stuff that we value as humans is not, it's kind of subjective. Like we're putting our own opinion on, uh, how we manage the forest, but absolutely, we, but we at this point we kind of have to take up that mantle because we've gotten like once you start managing something as a human, it's really hard just to like let it go back to nature, it takes a
3: really long time. Something that's like that's right on that point is um the idea of plantation forestry. So, when everything was first logged in like 1940s, 50s, mm-hmm. 60s. Mm-hmm. What they did is they replanted everything by helicopter all at once. And what that did is that all the trees which were on the ground were the exact same size, the exact same species, same genetics even. And it created a monoculture of trees. And the trees grew up to be way too dense. No genetic diversity, no different species. Everything was the same. And that was disaster. And that's actually what's fueling a lot of the fires now. Was uh,
0: Was it Western Hemlock?
3: western hemlock Douglas fir kind of depends on where you are but um
1: right it, and and so when you say it was a disaster uh what caused that disaster
3: so it's just well any any biology will say that one genetic set is not good you need diversity and it's it's when a forest is a very diverse thing there's a lot of ecological niches within the forest right and um so when you so when everything's the same size it just never turns out to be healthy.
1: Yeah, gotcha. And I've heard that a lot of a lot of forests have there's a a certain like weevil or something that's destroying a lot of forests um because it's killing a lot of trees. That would is be that... the
3: mountain pine beetle. Mm, ah, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. The pine beetle is a big bad guy.
3: Which I've 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 worked in forests before, which have been affected by the pine beetle, and um, basically it also transport a fun, it transports a fungus on itself, and that is what actually ends up killing the trees, and it'll absolutely wipe out an entire set an entire forest in a matter of years, and then all those trees are dead and turn into perfect fuel for a wildfire. But interestingly enough, it doesn't actually kill all the trees, so people are beginning to think. That maybe this it's weeding out the weaker genetic set, and that from now on we will have stronger trees. Hmm. So I,
1: wow, interesting. But that's just speculation. That's
3: that's just speculation sure. because what pe- the current theory is is that rising global temperatures are causing the sap in the ponderosa pine tree to run thin, and that is allowing easier access to the mountain pine beetle.
1: Hmm. Gotcha. Uh, I see, and so um. Hmm when it if i recall correctly um when you're cutting down a dead tree that is a little bit more dangerous so do you have any
3: um yeah it's it's because uh, trees just they when they're alive they like to keep themselves a certain way and they're very predictable um dead trees though I, I mean when you cut into it it could be anything uh it could be like just like a live tree on the inside or it could be Literally falling apart, and then uh, when you're cutting a tree, you have to put wedges in the back cut to negotiate Mm -hmm. it in the direction that you want it. Yeah. Well, when you're banging on the wedges with an axe, little limbs from the top can rain down, and those will take you out.
0: Oh, wow. Sometimes you'll cut into a tree, and there will be nails and barbed wire sucked into the tree. And and then typically you... in residential areas. <laughs>
3: yeah, like I I cut a residential tree the other day and I found a bullet inside of it.
2: No <laughs> way.
3: Yeah, it it like
2: that, co- copper jacketed.
3: Oh yeah. Smoke your chain. It was it was absolutely fascinating. You know, it's like, oh wow, oh. I just won the lottery, except just in a very bad spot. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. I,
0: I, I love having to uh, take take my chain to get sharpened by my my friend Ryan who knows yeah. how to do that really well.
2: Uh, don't have access to the um, facilities anymore. But yeah, yeah, and so that maybe one day
1: s- did it did it mess up your chain when you were cutting through or
3: um, it kind of I I don't know how niche you guys want to get.
0: What kind of chain were you using?
1: Oh my gosh! Okay, niche. I guess
3: square grind.
1: Okay, what
0: um, gauge? <laughs> okay, very niche. 6338 Was it a steel? Or was it an
3: Oregon? <laughs> it was. <A> <laughs> it was an Oregon. Oh, now- so I
2: really smoked it.
3: Um it took the <laughs> fines off which square grind has, has a fine chisel bit edge it took the fines off but it wasn't catastrophic Was
2: it was throwing it powder after? Okay now it was just sounds like you skipped? guys are making was stuff Was
0: your
3: chain off? skipped? Was my chain skipped? Yeah. <laughs> it was it was a skip tooth chain.
2: He uh, said that, didn't he? Full skip yeah. or semi skip?
3: Okay, that's enough. <laughs> <laughs> semi skip
2: <laughs> is the only way okay so
1: so you actually hit the you actually hit the bullet with your with your saw, yeah, and Out how of all far the
2: places you could have cut you cut in that one spot,
1: how far into the tree was this
3: um so if I'm look if the tree is still standing and I'm boring into the tree, it was about six inches into the tree,
2: dang, wow, okay, did you count the rings outside of the bullet?
3: um, I didn't, but I did count the rings on the entire tree, or I had somebody do it. The tree was four hundred eighty years old. No
2: oh. way! And it was a Douglas fir.
3: It was a Douglas fir.
0: So six inches in, in, man, uh, ring growth generally it'll it'll tighten up towards the end of its life, right? Uh yes. So, so that could be in there for
3: you know. But this tree kind of was dead due to external factors. It wasn't like, hadn't reached like full maturity. It. It's top had blown out of it due to oh, a okay. wind sail effect, and the all owners just called it. It was still very much alive, but it was rotting. Gotcha. Oh,
0: okay. So the, the leader branch came off or something yes. like
1: that? So it was it was a tree that was on its way out. You weren't just like taking down like an old growth tree that Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, I
3: I I actually got a lot of hate from it. Um somebody posted it to Facebook. There's a lot of logger groups on Facebook uh-huh. and it got 6,000 reshares. Oh my god. Uh, and so it was all over the internet and people were or people actually within the local community were like you're a poacher you look like you just posed next to the elephant that you killed and i and i it was a very dangerous tree like there was a moment there where i was like this is it like there's no coming back from this it it was a sketch show but we got it down gotcha
1: okay and what wh- were you doing this by yourself, or were you with? Were you with, uh, hopefully you were with? Someone. I was with someone, okay. but
3: I I pretty much had to cut the entire tree all by myself, which gotcha, wow. is quite the workout. It's because you're it's like cutting three trees at the same time with a really <laughs> heavy saw. What <laughs> oh, powerhead? 088. Oh jeez. Nice. about five, as it's about as big as they get. Five yeah. foot bar.
1: <laughs> That's wow. What a stud muffin. Uh, oh, so man. what was the diameter of the tree if you had to guess?
3: Um. I keep I go back there sometimes because I'm actually cutting the burls off of it to sell. Oh, what kind of Douglas fir? It's it's. Pay
1: attention, Cody. He said, Um, "Let's go.
3: Let's go. go. Hey, I'm impaired." (laughs) (laughs) It's it's that old. Like it has substantial burls on it, but um, uh, I if I had to guess, a guy came up there with a log tape. I keep forgetting mine, but it was eight foot.
1: In diameter. oh oh, the circle what in diameter what? That's insane. It's enormous. Whoa. So that's bigger than me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So yeah, if you laid down on it, it would be, it was
3: way bigger than me.
1: Yeah. Wow. That's wild. And where was this?
3: This was out in uh, Yelm, Washington. Okay. It's actually super fascinating because Yelm is kind of located on a prairie. And so this was like a like a super novelly like hard prairie tree. But it was actually the tallest tree in the area. And there's an Air Force base there, Joint Base lewis McCord. Hey, uh-huh. and, I know the area well. And they used it in the 1940s as a signal tree to uh, sight in planes. Since Whoa. it was the tallest structure in the area.
1: Wow. Even
2: back then.
3: Even back then.
1: Yeah. Huh. That's crazy. And if you had to estimate a height on it.
3: When I cut it, it was only about eighty feet because the top had blown out oh, of it. Oh, yeah.
1: right, gotcha. Uh, and it didn't. The... Were there any structures in the area that it?
3: Yeah, there. There, we narrowly. It was in someone's field basically, which gotcha. is which I I hit nails also while cutting it. Like, oh, it, it was man. a nasty tree.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. And so the when the top blew off of it, it didn't hit any like houses or anything.
3: I think it may have obliterated a tiny wire fence, but other oh, than wow. that, nothing.
1: Yeah, that's not too not too big of a deal. Easily repairable. It's not like taking out a hundred thousand dollar house or something right. like that. Just yeah. some slight collateral.
2: Yeah.
3: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no big deal. Yeah. Gotcha. So
0: w- isn't there a tool that you can use for measuring trees, L- like the height? I think we used it in forest ecology. Uh, there's uh. a forestry
3: laser. You kind of it oh, kind yeah, of uses like the Pythagorean theorem. Yeah. yeah if you want to sure. if you
0: want to do easy mode. Oh. <laughs> we had to, <laughs> oh, we, we oh, had to do okay. that. Oh. We had to do all that like with uh I don't know. It's like a Kind of a compass-like thing. And yeah, yeah. There's a there's like it. an
3: old school way to do it, but I'm a zoomer, you know. So yeah. I, I got well, to use the lasers. Th- yeah. I, I, oh
0: yeah. Your company has to be more efficient. I I <laughs> got a hoverboard
3: up to it. Pull out my fancy <laughs> laser. Say. Haha, ha, get wrecked, tree. You couldn't handle the neutron style. I got the <laughs> away.
2: Make a TikTok of you like dancing around it. Yeah. <laughs> renegade, Flossing. renegade.
0: Flossing, doing TikTok dances or yeah. Fortnite dances. Yep. That awesome. That's epic, dude. You guys. <laughs> what a win.
3: That's an epic gamer moment. Uh, totally.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> Have you had um, any experiences in your line of work where something has happened and it was like really, really, really a close call? Uh, yes. Like, something that, I mean, I would... Like you should have died
1: from. Like a near-death experience, I would almost almost call it
2: something like a near-death experience.
3: Um, okay, so this was really young in my career, and really early in my career, and... So
1: you were, like, 10?
3: 15. Okay, dang. And... Brady.
1: (laughs) Just trying to get a gauge, you know?
3: And, um... Uh, The whole issue with tree cutting is it's a battle between skill and cockiness, and there's a lot of ego involved with it. And sometimes your ego doesn't match your skill set, and that's what happened here. Um, (laughs) Basically— Well,
1: when you're 15, you know, yeah. Yeah,
3: you don't really understand how much a tree exactly weighs.
1: Yeah, you were literally a sophomore, so—
3: yeah, so yeah. I I had way we've t- all done dumb things, we remember, sophomores. I had yeah. way too like big of a saw. It was it was gnarly. It was a really fast saw. And uh, anyways, I wasn't really paying attention. I cut the tree all the way through. It sat back and went over the back up backwards. And I just remember just like sprinting. Oh uh, no! And then another time at a at a at a class I was at, which probably shouldn't be named just because. There's a culture, what happens in the woods doesn't leave the woods. There was this fire chief from California, big, huge, burly guy, like super cocky. Yeah, I've put out all these fires. I've talked to so many professional fallers. I know how to cut trees. Well, he had a modified steel 661, which is just about as fast of a saw as you can get your hands on, and he was cutting his tree, and I I watched him do, like, some things that were pretty sketchy earlier in the day. He was my partner, like... Like having, like cutting trees into other trees and having them almost spring back on him and cutting trees without, with people like below him on the hill. Just things that are like, oh. And so he just didn't have control of this saw and he cut through the entire tree and the tree was literally hanging on like a piece of wood the size of a cheese stick. Uh. And I was absolutely beating my guts out, like wedging it to try and get it to go over and it ended up going over. And the instructor at the class said, This is the worst stump I've ever seen in my life and the guy and the guy said, So you're calling me a bad tree cutter and the instructor said, Yes.
1: Oh dear. And
3: that did not go out. He kinda just huffed off. And um kind of a big lesson in ego there, I suppose, because he was definitely one of the people like he had a he had a truck with like his name on it and like woodworker. Like he thought he was it, but he just yikes. Oh man.
2: Dang. All bark, no bite. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> nice. Oh. <laughs> <Or> bark. <laughs> <laughs> and Dang. So saw. did he just like leave the class
1: from there, or what, We
3: like... we got rained out the second day. <laughs> it it okay. was it was really windy, too dangerous, and um, I I just I I ended up shaking his hand. I don't know why. I just kind of <laughs> felt bad. <laughs> I didn't really want to though.
1: <laughs> it was like pity.
3: I I was like, oh god. And then I just shook his hand. Yeah,
0: the gotcha. dogs on his chainsaw were all bark. Okay, <laughs> he, let's get, he, he had he had a... bumper
3: spikes, Cody. Oh
0: no! Oh, please don't. We're <laughs> don't not gonna, gonna get into this again. We're not gonna get into this. They're
3: dogs. Yeah.
2: yeah. They're that's what I've always heard him called. Oh wait! Do you I
1: have a story about this?
2: No, we don't need to get into it. Uh, I, I kind of oh, want to hear this. No, we don't need to get into it. Uh, we don't need to get into
1: it. Yeah. okay, fine. Another time, fine, fine. Another time. Um, so near, yeah, near-death experience. Y'all got anything to share?
2: Do you, Cody? Uh,
1: uh, you know, let's see. I don't think like
0: like near death, but I've had like you know traumatic experiences. Cut my cut my leg open with a chainsaw. I was about 15. That's higher in the name Chainsaw. We called hospital.
2: you, everyone, or Branham at least called you Chainsaw yeah. in fine woodworking.
0: Uh, that's why I brought up Molly earlier, because uh, she actually gave me the nickname.
2: <laughs> oh, very, very fitting, Molly. Excellent yeah. work. Thank you. Thank you, Molly.
3: Oh, I, I just got, I just remembered one of mine. All right, hit it. Okay, so I was in the woods, and I actually have a scar on my I can't hand believe it. from all, it.
1: All your stories start like this, and begin noticing a pattern. <laughs> and
3: um, there was this big maple log, maybe about thirty-six inches, and it had fallen over in the wind, and it was a, and it was caught up in the other trees, and it had split the other trees straight down the middle in a V, but it was still suspended off the ground about ten feet. So really gnarly situation. So I went in and I tried to cut off the very end. So I released some of the tension from the bottom. It started folding. And I and I got up on top of the log and I forgot my corks that day, which if you don't know, loggers wear these boots with spikes on the bottom of them to make it easier to walk on logs. And I was just finishing up the top cut and I took and I pulled my saw out to finish up the other side and I lost my balance and I fell off the log. And what happened is I landed on my saw. The saw wasn't running, it was stopped but the chain was really sharp. And so I ran my hand down the chain and the back handle got me right in between the legs. Oh. Oh. And it, it was just like wasted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> so you just, you just kind of laid there in abject pain.
3: I, I I was just like, this is like, I, I, I thought for a second, man, I wish I got this on camera. This is a good <laughs> one. I could make a lot of money off of YouTube royalties. Yeah. And then I was like, that is, like, the worst possible way that that could have went, and then I got up, and it was, and I, my hand was bleeding, but I, I stitched it up.
1: You stitched it up? Yes. Like, in the forest?
3: No, I went home. Oh. There aren't okay. medical supplies in the forest. Well, you could, I don't know, you could have, <laughs> you like, a have first have medical
1: supplies in the forest, <laughs> yeah. considering
0: all these stories. You could peel off some sugar bark. Uh,
3: okay, well, it, it all amounts to a lot of weight, like, a falling axe is easily eight pounds. Yeah. A wedge okay. set yeah. is eight. It's it just comes out to like seventy pounds of equipment. That's true. And especially when you're trekking through the forest, it's it's like it's a pain.
1: Right. Yeah. You're going over like brush and whatnot. Yes. Yeah. You should at
3: least carry a tourniquet with you.
1: But wow, that's you know, not a bad idea.
3: Axe handle and a belt.
1: Well, that yeah, that'll do it, as long as you don't have like a really stiff leather belt. Yeah, I you, I know a guy right?
0: that his uh his buddy saved him. It took a firework to the leg, and he was bleeding out from oral artery. Uh, and... That's insane. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, yeah. Like, That's quite the firework.
1: <laughs> yeah. Speaking of winning the lottery, but, like, in reverse, yeah.
0: His his buddy made a tourniquet out of a cell phone cord, uh, like, charging cord. That's awesome. Yeah. Saved Wild.
2: his life.
1: Yeah. So, Ryan, do you have any <laughs> near-death experiences? I
2: do. I have one. Um, I used to ride a lot of dirt bikes, so it's basically you have one, like, every time you go out, unless you're being really really careful um i mean we won't get into like uh too much of that because it all just kind of blends in but i did have one really really lights are on we did have one really really scary incident um actually earlier this year right around um i don't think i've actually told anyone about this because it was like really sobering oh yeah it was um it was incredibly terrifying Mm -hmm. and it was like um it was the most, like, one of the most surreal things I've ever experienced by far. So I was, um, it had to have been, like, mid-August. I went up to Alaska. Uh, I have family up in Saldatna, Alaska, on the Kenai Peninsula. Mm-hmm. So, when, um, when was this? Um, This was, like, six months ago. Okay, okay, recently. So, like, yeah, so, like, um, like July, August 2020. Mm-hmm. And I, so I, I kept, uh, my dad was already up there. We were working on a house up there. Um, or he was working on the house, and um, there's really, really good fishing. There's, like, the best salmon fishing in the world on the Kenai River. Mm-hmm. Like, very, very, like, the best it gets. Um, it's amazing. I'm not even that big into fishing, but it's, like, fantastic. So, um, he was already up there, and he had been up there for, like, a week. So, I, I caught a plane. The thing is, I got up really, really early in the morning. My plane left at, like, um, man, like, like, maybe 8 in the morning. So, it was, like, an early morning getting out there. And I, uh, I, I tried to get as much sleep as I could the night before, but I was, you know, I couldn't really, I was on like my normal work sleep schedule, Mm -hmm. which is not sleeping. (laughs) Right. And, um, so I tried, I didn't get very much sleep and, um, I was like almost late to the airport. So I like cruised to the airport really fast and got on my plane and got to Alaska and everything went really smooth. Um, I actually, we have some family in Anchorage, which is where the biggest airport is in Alaska. Hmm. So um, landed at Anchorage. I grabbed a. They left a vehicle in the parking garage. They left like it was a. It was a Ford Ranger. It was actually a really sweet Ford Ranger. It's like a the, with the four liter and the and the manual transmission. It's like the Ooh. best Ford Ranger. Right on. And um, I was like, ah, oh, sweet. So there's a. Uh, it's called the. Oh man, what's it called? I think it's called the S- uh, Sterling Highway. Okay. Is is a big kind of? It's a very like crunchy highway it's like a rural highway that goes um it stretches basically all of south central alaska and um i was so i needed to drive like basically two and a half hours down to kenai peninsula from anchorage and i had the car it was like or i had the truck it was full of gas ready to go so i i get like some food and i take off and i wanted to go to um whittier have you ever heard of Whittier, Alaska?
1: I haven't heard of a lot of places in Alaska honestly. Okay.
2: Whittier Alaska Whittier is one of the coolest like most unique cities. It's not even it's a small town um like in the United States. Like the history behind it um it's insane. I'll try to recollect a little bit of it without getting too off off topic. But Whittier is it is a small town on a harbor and it was a big it's it's one of the only shipping routes um like, it, it basically, it's only accessible by uh, by road or by, like, boat. There's no airport in Whittier, which, uh, hearing it accessible by road, like, that's not that impressive. It's like a lot of places are accessible by just road and, and water. The only way you can get into Whittier is through about a mile-long tunnel through a mountain. Oh, wow. That they drilled in World War II. No way. Wow. Yeah, we'll watch a video on, a, yeah, if you guys watch, like, a video on Whittier, Alaska, it's, like, a mile-long, I think it's about a mile-long tunnel. Um, it's like, you're like, like you, you're driving through this tunnel and like you going through like multiple songs on the radio Yeah, Yeah. because you're driving like 20 miles an hour for like a while.
1: Can you even hear the radio
2: in this tunnel? I mean, I mean, no, you couldn't actually. Right. I mean like, I guess on a playlist. Yeah. Right. No, you couldn't get, I guess that's, you couldn't hear the radio. Right. It seems like that would be blocked. Your radio would cut out. Um, but I went through like several songs, like going through this, this tunnel and I just like always wanted to go to this town because it's, uh, it actually had a, big part in world war Two, because um there was like there's a quote about whittier it's the uh the weather is always shittier and whittier yeah. <laughs> um so they actually they they had a a massive military base down there um most of the town lives in this one big apartment building um and there's mm. like a few small houses like mm. like a, a few um and then there's the old actual military base and they they had a, a bunch of people stationed there and they that was like I guess like an emergency route and it was, they had a lot of military operations going on there because they had like no fear of the Japanese ever knowing anything was there. Cause it's, it's always covered by clouds always. Uh, it was really nice that day, but it's um it was like a really secret little military hiding spot. And the only way you can get to there is either by a boat, which there's a huge dock, a lot of fishing goes on there. So there are tons of guys pulling boats through this tunnel that was like barely clearing. Um, It's like a, t- it's like a small tunnel, like, it's actually so small that only one row of cars fit through. So they do it like a ferry. Like you line up and a bunch of people go through and then they stop you. And then a bunch of people come through the other way and like, wow. and like half hour intervals. That's crazy. Wild. <laughs> it's
0: very skinny.
2: It, it was weird. I won't, man, go
0: I'd hate to get a flat in that tunnel.
2: That would be bad. Or <laughs> yeah, your car break. Yeah. That would be like really rough. I think that they actually have like a crew like that will tow you out if that happens. That yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Um, but, so I went there. I really wanted to go there, and I I like got ice cream, and that was pretty much it.
0: Yeah, but what are you gonna do? Call for help? Yeah, good luck.
2: Yeah, I know. <laughs> like help, and you just echo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So um, I went to Whittier, and I, like that's just like a, a route that I wanted to take. It was like a little like a half hour off track, and um, I was coming back, and by that time I've been driving for like a few hours on top of driving in the morning and flying. So if it's like in the afternoon, like getting later, and I'm driving back, and I start getting like really really tired, and um. I like, I had like a Red Bull, but I was still really, really tired. And I was driving this truck, um, down the Sterling highway and I just like got really, I was listening to music and I was like trying to stay up and I got like really, really tired. Mm-hmm. And I, I just remember like, I just kind of like, like, do you know, do that thing where you kind of like look up and you like blink and it makes your eyes like less tired. And, um, I'm like in the other lane, oh like, with, like, like, like veering almost off the road. And then, uh, and like, there's like cars way, way ahead of me. Like, oh, like a long ways ahead of me. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I just like realize that I'm in this other lane and there's no rumble strips because it's like a very rural highway. Yeah. That would have, I mean, that would have like been an alert. And then I'm like, oh, okay. And I like move over into the other lane. And um it was like the most terrifying thing that's ever happened to me. Um, oh, wow, yeah. Because like, if there would have been a car a little bit closer, like, I would have just hit it. um Like, it was and and then i had no problem staying awake after that oh yeah i'm um, sure and like that entire night uh, yeah <laughs> um it was like
1: adrenaline pumping huh
2: it was the most terrifying like near like that would have been it um yeah, and it yeah. was just I, I wasn't even that i was tired but i wasn't like oh man like i need to like stop driving i was just like oh, I'm, I'm kind of tired and like before i know it like i'm veering off like Yikes. not like no warning just like oh my gosh like i come to and i'm it was uh, it a it was kind of like I almost feel like irresponsible sharing that because like, you know, it, you shouldn't be driving if you're tired, but I really, it was middle of the day, sunny. Right. right. It's yeah, not yeah. something
1: that you expect. I didn't yeah. expect it. And it, it, yeah. would,
2: it just like when you're in class or, you know, like when you guys were, well, Silas might be familiar. It was more recent for him, <laughs> but like you get tired and, and you're just kind of like, you just kind of veer off and mm-hmm. you don't even really notice it. Right. And that's kind of mm-hmm. what happened. And, um, it was really weird because I, I got back on the road and I had this very peculiar feeling of like, I am alive. Right. Mm. like I'm like like I am alive it, it was like that sounds dramatic yeah but... Um. and then that entire like couple weeks after that it was just like a really like like I'm alive yeah huh. and I, I just kept like it was it was something that I had to like um, basically process do you know how yeah.
3: long you were like asleep for I
2: like I just noticed and I was in the middle of the other lane hmm. like like veering off continuously like off the road and there were cars like I remember there was there was a red like minivan way way ahead of me, but if it would have been like any closer, um, yeah. what would they have done?
0: Yeah, exactly.
2: Um, so I I mean, it was probably a matter of like a few seconds, but it was wow. just long enough for like my arm to move or whatever, and um, I was it, I was in the other lane like there's no divider it's, it's just a two way two lane highway, and um, that was like one, incredibly terrifying, and it was a it was like every every way like to describe the word surreal Mm, um mm -hmm. that that feeling i'll never forget that feeling when i'm just like okay um like things are like things are normal like i i'm alive because that could have been like that would have been it i was doing like 60 miles an hour right so (laughs) that was um that's my best uh, example of nothing like that in life or nothing i've never experienced anything like that that was that close before that right um that was it
1: it, is that like one of those experiences where like it's almost like your adrenaline gets pumping so much that you are out of body is kind of dramatic but yeah that's what
2: that's literally it was that it was that extreme right of a feeling
1: right where you're like that like you're almost watching yourself do it in a way yeah, yeah, like like not physically watching yourself, but you get so like inside your own head that you're like, okay, now I'm doing this and yeah.
2: Exactly. I was very much on like manual breathing like afterwards. <laughs> I, was yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, okay, I I'm very like oh, it was incredible. I I literally the the image of like when I opened my eyes and like I'm in the other lane was is like burned into my eye like vision. Wow. I can like I could tell you, like I could draw it. Sure. It was that uh, it was that vivid and insane. And um I don't know. Maybe I'm overreacting, but it was incredibly terrifying.
1: Well, I I don't think it's fair to say that you're overreacting because that's like that's the experience that you had, and so you
2: can't you
1: can't yeah you know.
2: And if it would have been worse timing, I mean that would have been it. Right. Yeah. I mean it's sixty miles an hour plus sixty miles an hour. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's just like it's crazy. And um, like after that, I'm just like okay, like I like that happened, and I need to like realize that that's how. Uh, Fragile life is Mm, mm -hmm. like that would have been it, and um, so it was very incredibly sobering and like humbling in like in every every respect of the definition. It was hard to describe. Was that too heavy? (laughs) Mm, That was
1: that was good. I have uh, I have a kind of a near death experience, but it wasn't quite. I I didn't. It didn't impact me quite as much as you were saying. Um, but, uh, I, I got hit by a car once.
2: What? Yeah. When? I was just like, oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, you were in a car.
1: No. You were in a, I was walking across the street and I got hit by a car.
3: Oh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. So. Were you on a, one of those scooters?
1: <laughs> no. I want to hear that story in a, in a minute. Oh, yeah. it's Zoomer Scooter. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I was. Uh, I went to a different school than the school that I was wrestling for. So I uh, wrestled for Stevens Middle School, but I went to uh, Queen of Angels school. Um, And every day after school, I would uh, go get dropped off at Stevens Middle School to go to wrestling practice, right? Um, And so I was on one side of the street. And, uh, I was like, I went to go across the street and my mom drives an SUV. And so I was like, I looked one way and then I looked the other way and then I started to cross the street. Um, but what I didn't realize is that my mom's tall SUV was like blocking a car. So I couldn't I couldn't see it. Oh gosh! Um, and so then I I stepped out I stepped out into the street, and then uh, I just heard my mom's car horn blaring, and then I looked oh, over my gosh. and there was like a little like Honda Civic or something that was coming at yeah. me. blue one, right? Wasn't uh, it blue? I don't know. I uh, it, that part is kind of hazy, irrelevant, honestly. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um,
2: sorry, Cody. Just um, give your mom the biggest heart attack she'll ever experience oh oh yeah she freaked out but i would uh, imagine
1: (laughs) (laughs) i uh like stepped in front of this car and it's coming at me and it's a school zone so it's going like 25 or so you know but still um still would hurt well yeah you would think but then uh, like at this point adrenaline was completely pumping so i don't really remember exactly what happened in that moment um, but apparently I jumped up on the hood of the car and like rolled off. Um, and then I landed like on the John ground style. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I landed on the ground and I was just put your feet to the windshield. I sent- no, 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 no. I was completely unharmed. Basically. Okay. And the guy just kind of kept going for a little while because he was like, what just happened uh, yeah (laughs) and then he uh pulled over and he got out and he was like super he was freaked out and my mom was freaked out and i was like uh like kind of shaken up but i was like you know like it's okay i'm not hurt like everything's good um and both of them were like dude that you can't be just okay like you just got hit by a car um you know, you must be in shock and your legs broken or something. But that it, it was fine. I just, I just got up. I had a little scratch on my on my ankle. Um, just a scratch. <laughs> literally just a scratch from like the concrete where I like landed on the concrete. Um, that is
2: so insane. Yeah. You and know
1: o- other than my mom, other than my mom and that guy, I think the only person that w- listened that witnessed it was Kaylin. Pegley, if you know him, oh yeah, yeah, a little bit, yeah, I was there, oh well, oh, you were there, yeah, oh, really, yeah. oh wait, wow, I never realized that, how have I, I must have never told the story with you,, uh-uh.
2: wow, that must have been wild to see,
1: yeah, yeah, and, and, and is that what happened, basically, yeah, yeah,, oh, okay. no, no,
0: no, that's exactly what happened, um, but I was like even younger than you, so I wasn't like, you know, paying the best attention,
1: if I was thirteen, you were eleven,
0: yeah, exactly and now as like an EMS provider i'm looking back and like man you probably should have been checked out <laughs> yeah i should have gone to the hospital most right, likely at least but... called an ambulance so a lot of times an ambulance can just come and make an assessment and then you know they can say what what would be the best course of action
1: yeah so like i ended up i i, I looking back, I was more shaken up than I realized at the time because I had to pee when I I was, but that, yeah, and then I didn't have to pee anymore (laughs) after that, so I was like, yeah, I'm just gonna, like, if that's all
2: you, that's all you came out with, that's, it it was, it was fine, yeah. Makes a good story.
1: (laughs) I ended up, Yeah, like skipping wrestling practice and then the next day or the the day after because I think wrestling practice was like Monday, Wednesday, Friday or something. I
0: remember there still being like a debate that day on whether you should still go to practice or not.
1: There kind of was. was. Yeah, there kind of was. And then it was like, well, probably I think I wanted to go. And yeah. Yeah. And then you were like debating. it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm like covered in urine and <laughs> pr- probably should make sure that i don't have a concussion yeah. or something so i just went home for that day and then i went back to practice like the next uh wednesday or friday or whatever it was and everyone was like yo where were you and i was like well uh talk to thing. yeah talk to caitlin about it because i got hit by a car and they were like excuse me <laughs> like what um yeah but it ended up being okay it was it was yeah. wild but it ended up being okay it's um, not so bad. Yeah. So lime scooter story.
3: Okay, so the zoomer mode of transportation is a lime scooter and you can rent them from your phone or whatever and it makes you sign like check a little box that says you're 18, but it's
2: like a little electric scooter.
3: Yeah. Right. Well they well, you probably shouldn't ask me because I'm like a lime scooter connoisseur. Oh. But, oh. <laughs> but they uh they max out at seventeen miles an hour. And I was going down like this walkway in Tacoma that go, runs along the waterfront and it's a place where people walk and they actually banned Lime Scooters off it after this happened. <laughs> because <laughs> of this? Trendsetter? Probably not because apparently oh. a lady Be's like 17 miles an hour on a scooter with questionable brakes. Right, that's quick. It's that's ve- really quick. It's very quick and yeah. if you don't know how to they're pretty hard to balance and people are cracking their heads open and whatnot. Oh. But what happened is I was going on there and I and I was Zooming and uh, I was, like, weaving a- around people and stuff, and this car is heading down the, uh, like, a- along the road and I, right right next to me and takes a right turn over the path without even realizing I was there. And I smacked right into the side of him <laughs> and flew over him, and the Lime Scooter went in one direction. And, like, like it, I, for whatever reason, like, I hit the ground, and I was like, okay, you're fine. But the lime scooter ride is still running, and that costs money. So you better get get back on the scooter and keep going. So that's what I did.
1: Most zoomer story ever, (laughs) dude. That's wild. And you were okay.
3: Oh yeah, no, I was fine.
1: And the guy, like, the guy wasn't like, "Hey, you just like." Well, I mean, obviously it was his fault because. Yeah,
3: I mean, he should have seen. Well, I don't know. I mean, seventeen miles an hour on a walkway is kind of reckless. But I didn't even see him after
1: really you didn't like get or she who the individual didn't get out of their car like yeah
3: one i something about this generation just craves speed or my (laughs) generation yeah and i'm i'm guilty of it but i was one time in the car with this kid he'd just gotten his license and he he's been pulled over six times already oh my god he's an absolutely terrifying driver and we were the section of i5 through tacoma is the worst section of i5
1: don't get me started but, it, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's bad. He <laughs> yes. he
3: was on one of the merges on there, and he ended up side by side next to another car, and they both almost merged into each other. Uh, and then about 10 minutes later, we were in the port of Tacoma, and he took a U-turn right in front of a semi, and a oh! semi, oh. He took a U-turn on a red right in front of a turning semi.
1: Oh, my gosh. M- is he, like, mentally, is he insane, or? He's
3: just not very smart. Okay, just reckless. <laughs> okay,
1: yeah. Dang, wow. You know what
0: would be a really good idea? Is if you got a Ninja H2. Uh, Cody. Oh, here we go. Like, just as a beginner bike, it'd be awesome.
3: Yes. (laughs) I Um, mean.
1: I
2: need a leader bike.
3: I mean, I've done 115 in my Bronco, and I was like, nope, nope, no more.
1: (laughs) Oh, yeah. That's not the most stable car to be going
2: that way. Granted, a 1970s Bronco.
3: Yep. It wasn't good. I think Mm
2: -hmm. that's beyond uh, rated factory speed for a.
3: yeah, no, it has on the speedometer. It goes up to 100, and it, it has 55 circled because the speed limit back then on the highway was 55.
1: Oh, <laughs> oh, whoa! And that and
3: that was like the peak speed limit. Most of them are in the 40s.
2: Yeah, hmm. wild. Um, on a not on a public roadway in Mexico, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah, yeah. Of course, in Mexico,
1: in Mexico, or on the autobahn. Or on the Autobahn. Yeah, yes, there's... I was
3: in on the Bonneville Salt Flats, and right. I am a trained driver. Thank yes. you. And yes. there was a there was a roll cage. And a medical team there, and it was a stunt for stunts only.
1: And you had a fire extinguisher in the vehicle with you.
3: Yes, I now carry a fire extinguisher on the Bron- or on my Silverado because I just don't trust it. <laughs> well,
2: yeah, that's a different reason, but yeah. <laughs> the silver, uh. the Silverado is nice. Explain to these guys what a crummy is. You guys ever heard that term? A cr- no. C- Spell a it. A crummy. C-R-U-M-M-Y. Okay. Okay.
3: So basically there's this cultural thing in logging where uh, uh, everyone's super poor and uh, you basically drive to the logging site every morning, this pickup truck that is just in the absolute worst condition <laughs> possible. And, uh, it, and these pickup trucks have been dented up on logging roads. Had people high on meth drive them, <laughs> <laughs> that that yeah. that sort of thing. Some of them like you need to hold the door shut because the door latches don't work. Anymore. Oh no, so, <laughs> that's a crummy. So I ended up buying someone's crummy, uh, for like <laughs> it was twenty it was twenty five hundred bucks. <laughs> he put it on his Instagram story. I went down there. He said, you know, I was just gonna pull the transmission out of this car and sell that, but I just decided to sell the whole car to you because uh, I think that everything around the transmission is worthless. And I said, okay, I'll take it.
1: <laughs> it was was he a high on meth at the time? Oh or? no, he's a logging company owner, oh, which oh, should have okay. been the first red flag. Yeah, there, there <laughs> <we go.
3: laughs> oh, man. But it has body damage everywhere. It doesn't like it slips out of gear. It's everything. It is three hundred seventy thousand miles.
1: Oh dang! It's original engine?
3: Uh, engine number two, transmission number two. Oh man! Gasoline? Gas through five point three
2: okay. gasser. Yeah. Same motors in my mom's car. Ah, gotcha.
3: No, it feels like a minivan inside. It's really funny. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Weird. Yeah. The old Rados. So. Good trucks.
3: Yeah, Cody. Drink
0: of the week. We got uh, a Legion Space Dust here mm, with us tonight.
1: That's the beer that got me into IPAs. It really is a good introduction into IPAs. Yeah. 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 I Well, it's uh, high proof. Um, it's delicious. That's the citrusy kind of taste that I was talking about that, 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 that's coding. really hoppy, really hoppy. Really it's pretty bitter. So if, you know, if you're looking to get into IPAs, it's, uh, definitely, it's kind of beginner mode, but it's definitely hoppy. So you're going to get that better taste. Yeah. yeah. But, um, so don't, don't like... Be snacking on a tootsie roll or something sweet, and then like try and drink oh, it. Oh, for sure. <laughs> you know, <for> sure. <laughs> like like that. Uh, going from sweet to super bitter is kind. Of, it, it'll throw you off. Unpleasant. Yeah. It's yeah. like Orange juice after brushing your teeth. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like so yeah. you know, try and clear your palate a little bit before you get into a space dust. But, yeah. um,
2: and Salus is having a Pepsi.
1: Yes. Yes. Yes.
3: One hundred percent legal on this year podcast. <laughs>
1: Absolutely.
3: <laughs> yeah, uh huh. Do,
0: Do we
1: uh? Do we have a band of the
0: week this week?
1: Oh, well, man. yes, we do. So last week we for forewent our band of the week, um, and it was going to be Violent Femmes, but yes, instead, Violent we Femmes. Had, instead we had a tie with Bathory and The Offspring. Um, yeah, yeah. So what's this week? Violent Femmes? Violent Femmes, yeah. Right. They've got some really almost folksy kind of music.
2: Um, I'm really only familiar with, I think, Think it was their first album. It's just that—that's
1: their best album.
2: they're self-titled. It has like yeah. it has like the girl standing next to a house. Uh huh. And um, that one has all. It, it's kind of like it's almost like surf rock. You kind know what of, I mean? Of, but yeah. it's but it's not really rock. Um, it
1: combines a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, they they have an ac- acoustic bass, which is like yes, that sound is truly in incredible. Um, they it's not. There's not a whole lot of bands that use acoustic basses because they're massive, they're really hard to transport, and they're outrageously expensive. Oh, yeah. Um the guy the bass that the bassist plays, I think is a $10,000 bass like What? Yeah. Wow. Um it's an outrageously expensive bass, but it sounds so good and the way he plays it is like impeccable as a bassist. Well, not really bassist but i i dabble you're a, you're a bassist I, I dabble um it's it's just got such like a rich and like almost earthy tone to it totally yeah um what are some good
2: songs off that album
1: uh well their like most popular song blister is in the blister sun. in the sun like if you that's the if if you have a song to listen to that's the song like, oh, really? from that band? Yeah. That's it's like something you listen to, to
2: you on a beach, you know, like, next to a campfire. For some mm-hmm. reason, it reminds me of, like, Summertime. Yeah. Um, that song just reminds me It's like, big Summertime, like, beach party vibes. <laughs> Interesting. Awesome.
1: Interesting. That's funny, because I always got kind of more, like, wood, like, forest vibes off of it. Really? So, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, you'll have to give it a listen and uh check it out for yourself. But, yeah, Blister in the Sun, Violent Femmes, they're,
2: I love it. It's I a great song, it. and that album was released like in the mid '80s, I think. Uh, yeah, something like that. You know, was, something was, like that. It was it was back then. Yeah. They're, um, the uh, some of the lyrics in that album are a little like dicey. Yeah, they're yeah. A li- they're a little like um down bad. You could say. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he's he like is really upset. This girl doesn't like him. Yeah. <laughs> and he says things. It's an interesting album. Yeah,
1: it's like uh. Give me the car. I think is an.
2: El- give me the song. car is like the last song on the yeah, album. Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> it's fun. It's, it's really fun. <laughs>
1: Come on, dad, give me the car <laughs> uh,
2: uh, please do not go.
1: Yeah. Is another oh, one. Please, 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 please do not, not go. Uh, we're gonna get copyright. No, no, no. <laughs> we're not that good. Singing. <laughs> no, um, <laughs> that's a good. Uh, there's another count. Uh, never mind. Never mind. Um. Good band check it out it's uh it's worth at least giving a try to, especially if you're into it. it's almost like it's almost grunge, but it's not really grunge at all i it's like a forefather to grunge I would say yeah anyway. I don't
2: know i would almost i mean going off of bliss like i would say surf rock because gotcha. it's it's okay. it's i don't know big summertime vibes some of the other songs though I could definitely say are like grungy the guy d- does really weird vocal stuff he's really oh, like, yeah. he's really like screamy and like he's kind of high-pitched for a vocalist yeah kind of like for over a over emotional sometimes yeah yeah yeah
1: it's uh it's super super interesting music um yeah again give it a listen check it out yeah yeah how are we doing on time uh let's see we are uh about an hour and eight minutes okay yeah yeah um so nice. we got a we have w- a few more minutes here left. Yeah, we haven't hit a whole lot of our topics. We keep. <laughs>
0: well, yeah,
3: you know we're diverging goes. nicely. Silas, so, yeah. do you
0: have anything you want to talk about
1: specifically?
3: Um, I can't really think of anything to be honest.
1: Do you want to plug your Instagram page? Yes. Uh, sure.
3: My Instagram is Silas underscore Turner.
1: Nice. Right on. Yeah.
3: Spell that out. S i l a s underscore t u r n e r. That's right, right.
0: Go check them out. Silas underscore Turner.
1: Yeah, we try to give all of our guests a plug, you know, just like a way that you can find them online because that's the way people find people these days. I mean, that's the way you two lovebirds found each other. So uh, it's the Zoomer you know way. It. It's the yeah, exactly. It's
2: the neutron star. We're gonna
3: be
1: we're gonna be the Zoomer podcast. And uh,
0: what what should our viewers expect to see on your page? Oh yeah, good good call.
3: Uh, you know it. It's quite a hard thing to. Uh, it's quite an interesting page to run because I have a lot of different interests, and there's a very traditionalistic teenage boy page, which is just want to be gang member nonstop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. then there's the boom. I've been there. I've been there. Then there's the boomer log cutting page, and so it's like I have thousands of followers from just like my high school, and then I have a lot of followers from tree cutting, and it's like how. Yeah. So
1: yeah, so it's a an it's, interesting combo. You it's got. an interesting
3: combination.
1: Yeah. Nice. Right on. Right. Yeah. Speaking of Instagram and social media and whatnot, um, we're not on there yet, but this weekend we have a meeting with our logo designer. Um, yes, we do. So hopefully we'll get that going sooner than later. Yeah, she's gonna give us a few designs, and we're gonna uh, w- collaborate and figure out something uh, something really exciting. Yeah. Yeah.
2: very excited for that.
1: Yeah. And so once we get that, we will get our social media going and we've got kind of a social media manager lined up actually. I don't know. I don't know if Ryan knows about that. Yeah.
2: But I don't know about that.
1: uh, It's in the works. Um, We've got someone actually experienced with social media management. Um, So that'll be, that'll be good and uh, get on Spotify and all that. So pretty excited. I'm pretty excited. Big moves. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully we can, uh, Gain a little street cred, you know.
2: Street cred is always nice.
1: Yeah, something like that. Maybe some listeners download this podcast, <laughs> please. <laughs> yeah, just teasing, so
0: but not really. Do you play any instruments?
3: Um, I'm not very. I'm not entirely a musical person.
2: Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Uh, do you ever play any? Like in school, Did they ever make you play any? Yes, yes. Oh, I played. I played the, the vi- oh, I played the oh, viola.
3: The viola. I played the viola too. No way. Yeah, no. The viola goes hard. Oh, Dude, yeah. viola is lower pitched than the violin. Yes, uh-huh. alto clef as well. Sure. Oh,
2: okay. I don't know what that means. Really, I didn't know that. What does that mean? Uh, I feel like I should probably know what that means. It's like <laughs> probably. Is that lower, right? Music peasants. Yes, it is lower.
1: It's lower than treble clef, but not as low as bass, bass clef. Yes, no, it's, no, it's in low between, as so it's like a weird. Huh.
3: It's it's a weird clef.
1: Hmm. So you had to learn like a whole different clef than everybody else to play. Yeah. Basically. Yeah,
3: pretty much. But um, you know the music teacher was a violist, so he kind of just sold uh, it to us.
1: Ah, uh, gotcha. So yeah. you had like a class of uh, thirty people, and twenty of them were violists. Violists.
3: Um. Well, it was a pretty interesting dynamic. There mm-hmm. were like five violists, ten violinists, oh, ten cellists, and a couple of uh, bassists. Okay. But there was this one kid who was just so much better than everyone else.
1: Ah. Uh, uh, wait, and when did he play?
3: Um, Well, okay. to kind of, This is pre- a pretty good anecdote. He decided he was a violinist, but he was just like, I'm going to do double bass because I can.
1: Ah, oh, <laughs> gotcha. One of yeah. those guys. Yeah, exactly. I see. Yeah. And what was this, middle school, high school?
3: This was at Mason Middle School, which is just, I don't know, just your... Traditional American middle school.
1: <laughs> sure. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, Brady, what do you play? I, as I said earlier, I play bass, electric bass, not double bass. Gotcha. Yeah. And um, what's a what's a big inspiration for you? Flea, of course. I was a kind of a chili. Well, actually, actually, if we're going, if we're gonna be true to the origin story, um, I really probably like early high school, I realized that bass was an under, under, appreciated instrument. And so I was like, you know, like, okay, if you're looking at the, if you're looking at the band, the drummer gets attention, the guitarist, I mean, not as much as the guitarist, but the guitarist gets attention and the vocalist, they definitely get attention, but the bassist they don't get any attention they
2: can be really talented and kind of just, you know, be left out. Right. Yeah. yeah.
1: But and they really hold the band together in a lot of ways. Totally. Well, the, the music. Uh, it's, yeah, sorry. The music. They hold the music together. Yeah. Um and so I was like, you know, that kind of that kind of matches my personality. Like if I were ever to play an instrument, that's probably the one I would play because I don't really care that much about getting a whole bunch of recognition, you know. I just want to like Shred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was like, huh, well, who's like the best bassist, you know? And my dad was like, well... Les Claypool. Well, okay, Les Claypool, he's definitely up there. Wait, someone what? help me out. Les Claypool.
2: Primus. Come on. Primus, Les Claypool. I'll, okay. I'll show you some Primus songs. Gotcha.
0: Really Ooh. weird, weird, weird music. Who who played for Rush. Getty Lee. Yeah. Okay, there you go. There you go. That's what I was thinking.
1: I have Getty Lee's big book of bass and it has a, his entire base collection. And he basically has every base, uh every year of every base that's ever existed, like at least one of each um so like yeah it's it's insane he's a legend oh yeah and he has a beautiful bass collection um and so and so i've gotten to like go through that book and see what uh each year looked like uh like all of the fender bases and gibson bases and whatnot um so anyway i my dad was like well flea you know he's hard to argue with being one of the best bassists ever. Um, And so then I started to listen to the Chili Peppers and, like, that was the kind of music that I was interested in, at least pretty close. I ended up going um, a little bit more towards grunge and, like, just a little bit harder of a sound than the Chili Peppers because they've got kind of... A lot of their songs are pop rock you know totally yes um and nothing against pop rock but it's just not exactly what i like Uh, chili pepper is still my favorite band um but you know pop rock isn't it's not my favorite genre um and so yeah i uh, from there i gravitated a little bit more towards like 90s indie rock and grunge music and and yeah spent a little time in the um
0: in the uh punk scene
1: too yeah uh yeah i like older punk Mm -hmm. um real punk (laughs) yeah yeah exactly like no
2: fx uh no you haven't
1: i sorry i'm i'm not a true punk head oh gosh i'm sorry we'll get you on some no fx how about like the clash oh yeah yeah okay well that's very original yeah 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 yeah. i'm talking like 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 original punk okay yeah
2: no fx is like 90s california punk Oh okay. uh, but they were original in their own scene. Yeah, I'm talking yeah. like the
1: clash and like the Ramones and like Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's getting way back. There. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Like once you get into like the newer punk stuff, I kinda fall off. I don't know quite as much. And I don't I to be honest, I don't know a whole a whole lot about even like the clash and the Ramones and all those guys, but um yeah. yeah. So Uh Ryan, you play
2: guitar a little yeah. bit? Play I play a little bit of guitar. Yeah, I, um, you're pretty good even. Yeah. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, I started playing guitar when I was, like, I think I was 10. I got, like... A... Okay. Yeah, I got a I got a classical guitar um, that, like, my mom got me, and I was like, oh, cool. So I just started playing it, and um, I picked up on it all right, and then I took, like, a bunch of big hiatuses, but I, I mean, I took a hiatus until, like, a month ago, pretty much. Um, I actually picked it up again and started uh, playing music, which, uh, it's pretty fun. It's It's just kind of cliche, but my favorite thing about um guitars is that they just go like really well around like a campfire. A campfire. Yeah. Literally um or yeah. just like a gathering, you know, they're just um they're they sound they're in a kind of scale that sounds good with everything in a That's way. That's true. Um not that basses aren't cuz they are in their own mm, respect.
1: Yeah, it's I find it hard to like practice bass um because it doesn't really sound that good unless you're playing with other musicians. Um and so yeah, it's like, it. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead.
2: Makes sense. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty into it. I have a, I have a handful of guitars. Uh, I have like, I built a, I bought like a cheap, uh, knockoff Stratocaster. It was actually made Ooh. by Fender, but it was like one of the Squire Stratocasters. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I like tore it all down and like and like redid the frets and like put new tuning machines. Oh in it. wow, dang. Which the tuning, those are called tuning machines. Like the things you turn. It's like oh, the weirdest cool. name for just like a little mechanism. Yeah. That's huh. weird. Uh, it's called a tuning machine. It's not called a tuner. It's called a tuning machine. Huh. And you can go, like, you can get, like, sets that are, like, several hundred dollars. Dang. for like For, like, a few, they, like, lock and everything, so your tuning okay. is up. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, oh. I just went with some cheapy ones, and then, yeah. like, all Fender, genuine Fender components. And, wow. Uh, made it sound really, really, it's decent. Turn- so, it y- turned out a- all right. Amateur luthier over here. Yeah, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was fun. I did that, like, a few years ago. It was a fun little project. Nice. I used
3: to play the guitar.
2: Oh, oh, really? What? Why didn't you say that then? Yeah, come on. <laughs> well, Let's go.
3: I mean, I had a uh, Gibson Les Paul, one of the studio ones, in Sunburst. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, which was nice, but I ended up selling it for saws.
2: Uh, <laughs> priorities. Gotcha. Yeah. One, of them, one of them makes you money a little bit easier than the other.
0: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. One of them requires skill.
2: Oh my Ooh. gosh! Wow, Cody. And
0: one of them you can play around a campfire.
2: Hey. You can play both around a campfire. <laughs> yeah, one yeah. of them makes the campfire. Yeah. <laughs> it's just one of them is
3: pleasant on the eardrums, and one of them causes ringing.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, either. Speaking of which, either way, y- wear ear protection when you're doing saws.
3: Oh no, I'm very, very.
2: Um, working with Mark, he can't hear anything. Yeah. For, oh yeah. Like years and years of. Uh, what was that? Bye. What? <laughs> oh, s- speak up i'm hard of hearing it's yeah. like oh my gosh yeah no i'm very i try to be very careful about hearing protection because you only get you only i mean you can get a cochlear implant but that's something N- you don't want to have to get into no. I-,
0: I remember you having a really nice set of uh, ear pro yeah
2: yeah mine uh mine play play music oh they're, um, they're cool nice. so i just have them on 24 7 yeah right on. yeah cody what instruments do you play
0: uh guitar and uh some vocals Nice, and actually while we're while we're on the subject, Brady did the bass and Ryan did the guitar, and I did the vocals for the intro of the song. If anyone didn't know
1: that uh yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so we we actually recorded the intro song ourselves. It took about from start to finish,
2: like a half hour,
1: yeah, yep, from conception. To like fully completion, I think it took about an hour because yeah. we had like, but what, from when we actually started playing, um, we got 15 seconds of like, you know, decent quality intro there. So uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And,
2: and Cody was like, "How about these lyrics?" And I'm like, "Okay, perfect. They yeah. sounded." I was like, oh, "That sounds great." Yeah,
1: it worked out yeah. really good. Those lyrics you came up with in like a minute, so yeah, it was, it was awesome. <laughs>
2: yeah, Silas, what kind of music are you into?
3: Uh oh, everything. Um. I don't know. I Every,
1: including country music.
3: Country, I don't know. I kind of. Polarizing. I polarizing. Kind
1: of, yeah. I always. I'm always skeptical when people say, "Oh, everything." Like you know, because yeah.
3: because well, everything as in if it's if it's has true intent artistically.
1: Okay, that's a good answer. Because
3: yeah. a lot of the new country that a lot of people claim to really like is mm-hmm. just very washy, mm-hmm. and yeah. I. I, I just don't I I don't know I kind I'm really into classic rock right now for whatever reason. Okay, I, yeah, but um, like the
1: Stones, like
3: um, it's clean. weird, kind of like how people are into polaroid pictures. Whatever is on classic rock radio, <laughs> yeah, and I, and yeah, I don't yeah, know right. why because classic these polaroid pictures have this warm fuzziness to them. There's a warmth to it. Mm-hmm. Same thing yeah. with film, like reality. Classic rock radio has a has has just like a, an aesthetic to it, and um, not not that I'm gonna be like, oh, I'm so cool. I'm, it's not like that, right? Um, not like hipster. Because you just because you you go you go onto Spotify or whatever, and you listen to the same group of songs a couple of times and just like on repeat, and it's just like I don't know, it makes me feel lonely. It's kind of hard to describe. Mm-hmm. It's well, like overproduced.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's definitely something like genuine about classic classic rock.
4: Mm.
1: And and specifically, you're talking about specifically the radio versus like Spotify yes. or Pandora. Yes, or exactly. Yeah. So like the like, like the kind of scratchiness, I guess, from the radio. It's, it's, it's
3: very th- hard to describe. Yeah. Yes.
1: Yeah. Gotcha.
3: Do you have a, a record player yet? Ah. I gave I gave away my record player Dude. to a friend. <laughs> I, I I used to back. be I used to be really into the Eagles. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, beautiful, yeah, yeah. beautiful. Like a lot, but um, I don't know, because of the Bronco and whatever. For <laughs> sure. <laughs> but um recently <laughs> recently I've been getting into this group called uh the Old crow Medicine Show, which um is just it's so hard to describe. It's a nineteen twenties sound with whoa It's it's nineteen twenties folk music sound with it's it's absolute folk it couldn't really even be described as country at, mm-hmm. to a point combined with kind of a nirvana energy mm-hmm. and so it's 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 fairly hard for fiddle music but i don't know and i and the music is very genuine because they'll talk about oh uh, i'll give you an example like it's it's just bizarre like um how tobacco went away in the south in the 18 in the late 1800s and everyone had to move into town because they were so poor and and just the deep poverty within west virginia and it's it has deep cultural roots and the and the person who who's um kind of the heart of the band is just this unbelievable just source of energy and they've they've had grammy awards and whatnot but it's it's such a niche type of music that not a lot of people know yeah. yeah
1: dude thanks for that shout out I'll have to give it a listen cause um, yeah that's cool I, I think that's something that we're we keep it's a recurring theme on this podcast, the genuine, genuine nature of things um, and how our Zoomer generation is really interested in things that are genuine and not overproduced. I, yeah. I
3: I, think what's absolutely fascinating about that specifically is we've been raised such in such a time of polarizing social media. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're ever on TikTok, it's just kind of – it's just like the snap, like, and that's it. It's just like the absolute just – Best moment in someone's life, or someone just showing off just the peak of everything they have for six seconds and that's it. There's no backstory, there's no struggle. It right. is hyper produced. Right. It's just people driving around in lifted trucks and that's it. And um and yeah. there's something so genuine about documenting the human struggle that is lost in modern media that I think this generation understands and is beginning to reclaim through things like film. Because it's awesome to document things in perfect digital, but there's on it. It almost seems that there's more of a side of the human story when you show things in film.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. I think you're right. Totally. Yeah, I really, I really love that, and I, I'm glad that we're kind of capturing that on this podcast. It's, uh, it's good. It's it good. is very good. Yeah, and and I, it's interesting that out of both, we've had two guests so far, and both of them, that's been something that's brought up. Um yeah. and so uh, like th- this isn't something that we have uh cultivated. Like we didn't ask you to talk about that. Correct. So I just yeah. think it's and yeah.
0: is that something that we've talked about before? I feel like we've we've talked about that before just on our own. I feel as like as we have, yeah. 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 yeah.
3: Something something else that I find to be absolutely fascinating is just how our environments affect what we do and and how we grow grow and portray ourselves. So if I was like in living in the inner city, I would probably wear Jordans or something like that, but if I grew up on a farm out here, cowboy boots or whatever lifted truck. It's just it's just fascinating how people just live all their different lives and a lot of it gets put into stereotypes and I probably just listed off two very polarizing stereotypes (laughs) but 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 there yeah but there is a lot of nuance and it's absolutely fascinating how i can travel 60 geographic miles from one place to another and there are two entirely different realities of human life within the two places
1: right yeah and that's something that i think isn't necessarily captured in it's not captured in media and it's not captured Unless you do – unless you – like, it does take some level of effort to meet someone that lives 60 miles away. Absolutely. Yeah, right? Um, and we're starting in a – it's a weird because, like you were saying, social media is super, super cultivated. Um, but it also allows us to see how, like, quote, unquote, the other half lives. Yeah. Um, and so that's that's another thing that's really – really cool that we're able to tap into and you know if you hadn't met if you hadn't delved into that instagram community um you would have never met ryan and you would have never been up here and like seen what uh what our lives are like
3: yeah actually that leads me to the question how do you think growing up in port Angeles has affected you or influenced you to grow into the person you are today
2: you know it, it's hard to put things into another perspective yeah because yeah, that, that's
3: is. that's all you know and, that's that, all right. we know and and that's what's absolutely fascinating about it is because we believe our current conditions upon how we live to be the norm like, Sure, right mm-hmm.
2: and yeah. everything else is out of it's different exactly so if, I, if I went to Tacoma where you're at I'd be like well how things are very different here mm-hmm. is not what I'm used to yeah yeah it's
1: uh and and what you're s- you have to expose yourself to other kinds of people in order to understand that, too. And so, like, so I went to the University of Washington, graduated from there, um, and that was a completely different experience, you know? Like, it, it's not the heart of the city of Seattle. It's on the outskirts yeah, of the city of Seattle. District. Yeah, District. Yeah. But you're definitely... It's a much different place than Little Port Angeles, you know? You're... Mm-hmm the 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 U district the number of students at the University of Washington is greater than the population of Port Angeles um, what
3: that is amazing I didn't know that that's oh crazy yeah
1: yeah um I think there's I think there's like twenty thousand undergraduate students um and Whoa. Port Angeles has a population of twenty thousand and that's not go like. That's not getting into all the graduate students and all of the faculty and all of the, you know, just the like people that work at the university. Staff, yeah. Um right. And so just that is, it's a completely different experience and it's worth, I think it's worth experiencing. It's worth um, putting yourself in a different position to grow as a person and to understand a different perspective. Um, we don't like I, we try not to get into into politics and whatnot. But like, I understand the perspective of someone, um, who has never lived out here, um, that says like, "Well, why do people need a gun?" Okay, um, right, and then, but I also understand the perspective of someone that's lived way out in the sticks that's like, "Uh, I kind of need a gun. I'm surrounded by like." Wild animals, you know, and <laughs> like cops that are 20 minutes away. Well, right, and cops that are 20 minutes away. Whereas, if you and I mean, again, not too into politics in right. Seattle, who knows when the cops are ever going to show up? Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> or if, if sorry, that uh, and uh, anyone that lives in Seattle that's called 911, I think they would agree with this. Yeah, us. they would agree with that. Um, but but yeah, like it's not, it's very. Those issues become very difficult to parse apart because there's two completely different realities, and more than that, like you know, just saying two well, that's very biphasic, and it's not, or there's not just two polar, two poles there, there's a whole bunch of um gradation in between, yeah, um, but. But yeah, just to put it in extremes, you know, somebody that lives on top of Blue Mountain Road, um, they might have a lot more use for a firearm than someone that lives in the heart of Seattle. Exactly. Um, Yeah. yeah. And so, and that's something that I think through social media, we're our generation is starting to learn. Um, Starting to, starting to.
3: Yeah, it's definitely going to be a long process. Right. And physical barriers are still quite something and rather than being a battle of mileage and culture and stigma anymore, it's more a battle against the algorithm for a, for understanding. Totally.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah, Um, and, and that we always start, we always talk about social media on this podcast and about how it like, um, and the algorithm and whatnot. Um, but yeah, it's that who is controlling the algorithm has a large determination in what we see. Um, and so it's 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 wild. It's wild world lo- wild world out there. I yeah. I, th-
3: I think that part of it is as well is that people need to make more of a push to make social media more genuine and it really starts mm-hmm. it at home because it's very easy to put up a facade of strength or whatever you want to put out on social media but a lot of people don't document their story Mm and truly unique, their unique reality. Right. Uh,
1: Yeah. And I think, but on the other hand, it's kind of difficult. You do see a lot, a lot of people that are like, I was really sad today. And, so it's hard. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, you're fishing for likes or whatever. Yeah, exactly. And so it's, but it's hard, it's hard to come up with something genuine, genuine, like you're saying that, that uh, something sad or something touching that feels like, okay, they actually meant this and they're not just looking for something to boost them. Yeah. So it's, it's, well,
3: maybe, it's difficult. maybe that starts at a communication level within the mm-hmm. human brain.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh Yeah.
3: I mean, because it's hard to put other people's struggles into context. And mm-hmm. and that's honestly what the root of this whole conversation is is that it's difficult for us to understand something out of context.
1: Ah, yeah. That's a really that's a really deep deep idea. Yeah. Um Yeah. I well, it so. sounds like we're starting to kind of wrap it up. I think so. Um is there is there anything
0: specific you guys want to talk about? before before
1: we wrap it up.
2: I think this was a great episode. Yeah. yeah. Silas, and thank you so much for coming for my friends. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, thank this you. is awesome. You had yeah.
1: a lot of good insights for us.
2: That I was great. Yeah, thank yeah you. that was yeah. awesome.
1: Very, very
0: good. Uh do you want to give your Instagram a shout out again?
3: Uh me? sure. My Instagram is Silas underscore Turner.
0: Yep, spell it out.
3: S I L A S underscore T U R N E R.
0: Awesome. Yeah, go check it out. Silas underscore Turner and that, that's
1: Instagram. S-I-L-A-S underscore T-U-R-N-E-R? That, that yes. is
2: right. That wow. is S-I-L-A-S t- underscore T-U-R-N-E-R. Not S-I-L-A-S-S.
0: N-E-R. No. S-I-L-A-S underscore T-U-R-N-E-R. <laughs> no.
1: T-U-R-N-E-R. Um, Instagram.com. Yeah, this gets into the, the plug side, the less genuine side of the <laughs> <laughs> yes. No, I, I think it still is, you know? Yeah. We've
0: got to advertise, right? You know? Yeah. Um, and uh, also, go ahead and go check out uh, impairedupstairs.com. There you can uh, find all of our podcasts. You can go to our Contact Us page. If you want to do a collaboration, if you want to tell us that we did a great job or a terrible job, you can go in and, uh, you know, drop a drop a message on the Contact page. If you just think we were meh, let us know that, too. <laughs> yeah, we'd like to know. if If there's, like, certain topics you want us to talk about,
1: yeah we can see if we can get around to that. Yeah. All Um, input is good input. You can also hit us up at info at impaired com. We haven't gotten any messages lately, so that's kind of sad, but uh, you know. Yeah.
0: So if you email, if you email info at impaired uh, that will, that will get to us. Yep. Mm -hmm. Or you can go use our contact us page at impaired dot com.
1: Yeah. And with that, I think we are uh, upstairs and Impaired. impaired.